Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why is USA Network still promoting their dumb Chrisley show when the two of them are off to prison soon? I thought I would be rid of these two. Yet I'm still watching commercials for their stupid show. And then Raw goes off the air and I have Chrisley Knows Best on my TV screen. Why aren't they behind bars yet? Why am I still watching this garbage? Tonight, WWE presented its second steel cage match since Saturday. We had Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller at Vengeance Day on Saturday inside the steel cage. And tonight, it was Becky Lynch and Bailey. And Becky Lynch had promised that she had something up her sleeve. She had a, a hand that she had not yet played, not Mae Young's hand. But she had a hand that she had not yet played. And it turns out that that hand was Lita. One of the more random appearances that you will ever see on Monday Night Raw. Now, I was aware of the fact that Lita was backstage because she's been doing some stuff for them for A&E. She's been filming some stuff for one of their shows. And in fact, Lita was backstage at Raw 30 a few weeks ago in Philly. And I thought maybe she would make an appearance on the air, and she never did. And I thought that was kind of strange that they had all of these legends there, including Lita, but she never made an appearance on TV. Well, it just so happens that the Becky Lynch-Bailey match was delayed from Raw 30. And so now it becomes clear why we did not see Lita on the show that night, because she was probably going to interfere and help Becky Lynch win the match. So they just pushed it back by a few weeks, and instead uh, we got what we saw here tonight. Becky Lynch picks up a win to close out tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. And it appears to me now, all of a sudden, I see Lita out there hugging Becky Lynch at the end of the show what the WrestleMania vision may be for Becky Lynch and for Bayley. Because I have not been able to figure out a good plan for the two of them heading into WrestleMania. Everybody is pretty much, all the key players are accounted for. And and I said on the podcast on Sunday, Becky Lynch has been in a championship match every year at WrestleMania since she became the man. And so I can't imagine them going into WrestleMania and not having something for her to do other than just tacking her onto the Raw Women's Championship match. Now, all of a sudden, I'm thinking, okay, there may be a match in mind involving Becky Lynch and Bayley to kind of blow off the whole feud with her and damage control. And we'll talk more later about what I think that match may be. But the story of tonight, story of tonight has nothing to do with Becky Lynch or Bayley or any of that. And there was a lot of developments with the Elimination Chamber. We had all of our final qualifiers tonight. But the segment of the night belongs to Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman. The wise man moseyed on over. He waddled over to Monday Night Raw tonight. We had a fantastic interaction between the two of them in the ring to pour a little gasoline on the WrestleMania match between Cody Rhodes and presumably Roman Reigns, when he beats Sami Zayn at the Elimination Chamber. Because he is certainly not losing his championships to Sami Zayn. Uh, I thought what they did tonight was brilliant. The way they had Cody Rhodes address the Sami Zayn situation, I thought, was 
in the in the same spirit of what I talked about on the podcast, exactly how I would do things. A few subtle differences, but more or less what I talked about doing. I thought it was very smart for them to do it that way, and then to have Paul Heyman come out there and to make people forget about Sami Zayn and take it in a totally different direction and make it personal. Paul Heyman tonight on the show made it personal. A lot of references to Dusty Rhodes, maybe too many references to Dusty, very heavy on the dust tonight. I know a few people who are heavy on the dust, but it had to be. To go down the road they wanted to go down, it had to be. And I love the fact that they were in Orlando and they tied it into the Performance Center and they tied it into how influential Dusty was in the Performance Center and the people who have come out of the Performance Center, including Roman Reigns. And I had somebody on my Twitter, one of the uh, listeners of the podcast who follows me, right before I went live, he, he sent me an old Dusty tweet because Dusty's Twitter account is still up. And he sent me a link to a Dusty tweet from 2014 where I don't want to say he took credit for Roman Reigns, but he talked about having a hand in in kind of training Roman Reigns. And so it's all there. Like, that. that's all legit. Roman was part of that whole crew, you know, came out of FCW in the early days of NXT. I loved how they took us back in time and they injected reality into it. And then the final parting shot that Paul Heyman left Cody Rhodes with and Cody's reaction to it was outstanding. So we're going to talk a lot more about that as well. We had a rare appearance on the show tonight by Brock Lesnar, who decided to show up on Monday Night Raw to issue a challenge to Bobby Lashley for the Elimination Chamber, which is not official yet. And the final three spots in the Elimination Chamber matches, two on the men's side, one on the women's side, have now been filled. The Chamber... Uh, matches the participants have now been set we will talk about who those individuals are and all the other goings on on what i thought was actually a pretty eventful episode of raw there were parts of the show namely baron corbin uh that were a fucking bore not every segment was a winner tonight and even all the baron corbin stuff i have something to say about that too and I have an idea. I, I have an idea that might be just what the doctor ordered for Baron Corbin. It may be the only thing that could save Baron Corbin at this point. It could save his career. And it's not even so much a matter of what, it's a matter of who. But you had a lot of star power on the show tonight. You had Cody and that great segment with Paul Heyman who showed up tonight. Brock Lesnar showed up, right? It's always special when Brock shows up. We had the Lita appearance at the end of the show, big cage match with Becky and Bailey. Uh, and the fact that we had more Elimination Chamber qualifiers, it always helps add a sense of purpose to these shows when you have qualifying matches like this, whether it's Elimination Chamber, uh, Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. Uh, that does help pass the shows. You know, it's a three-hour show, right? You need to have uh, matches that are meaningful on the show. So I thought that helped. And overall, I thought it was a good episode. This is your WWE Monday Night Raw review for February 6, 2023. Monday Night Raw. Open. I mentioned Lita and Becky and Cody and Heyman and Lesnar, right? A lot of names on the show tonight. What I didn't mention was Edge and Beth Phoenix. They opened the show tonight. Uh, They came out. Edge was smacking his wife's ass and grabbing his wife's ass multiple times to the point where Beth Phoenix 
visibly looked at him and told him to stop. Stop doing that. He got caught last week. Somebody uh, in the front row snapped a photo of him just grabbing, copping a field, grabbing two handfuls of his wife's ass. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I think that's the sign of a healthy marriage. And it also shows you that, you know, they, they called him the rated R superstar for a reason. Just because he's older now doesn't mean that he is not still, uh, you know, r- rated R, right? I say good for him. Good for, the, good for the man. Every husband should be that happy in their relationship. I know many who are not. So he said that he is becoming the king of the comebacks. He, and he actually said it's getting silly. I, he's got a ways to go before he catches up to The Undertaker. Or even Kane and Big Show, as far as comebacks in wrestling. They replayed the end of the I Quit match from Extreme Rules, where Edge got beaten down and he said I quit because you know they were about to give Beth Phoenix the concerto, which Rhea Ripley did anyway. And up until the Royal Rumble, that was the last time we saw either one of them, was at Extreme Rules back in October. And So they showed the footage again. And they cut back live to the ring, and Edge said that he had to calm himself down after seeing that footage again. He put over the Judgment Day, said all the members are in a better place now than they were the last time you saw them. So he was giving them their props, he put them all over, and he said that Finn Balor is operating at a level that we've never seen him at before. And Rhea Ripley went in there at the Royal Rumble, she entered at number one, and she went all the way to the very end, won the Royal Rumble match. So he gave the Judgment Day a golf clap, and the fans started chanting, you still got it, and Edge said that he never lost it. Beth took over, and she said that she was going to cut right to the chase. She said, if you've got the stones, Ripley, Balor, my husband and I are here to finish. She didn't say finish what, but uh, I assume they meant their business with the Judgment Day. I can only imagine what Edge was thinking. She said that uh, they were here to finish, and they were interrupted by the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and ex-con Dom, they all came out. No Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley had uh, WrestleMania promotion obligations. She was not there tonight. Dominic said that you guys must have heard because the word on the street travels fast. Said, since you guys have been gone, I've served hard time. So you guys better run along before I do something to you that I learned on the inside. Said uh, Just like I did to my deadbeat dad because he didn't even make it into the Royal Rumble match. And the fans chanted, you suck at him. Priest said that every time they beat them down, they just keep coming back for more. He said tonight, he's going to beat down uh, Angelo Dawkins in the money. And then he stopped himself. Uh, from saying money in the bank, and he looked at Finn Balor as he was trying to collect himself. He looked at Finn Balor, and he apologized and said that, uh, I hate Edge so much, I'm all flustered. I don't know what I'm saying. And he corrected himself, and he said Elimination Chamber, uh, since he had a qualifying match coming up with Angelo Dawkins. Dominic said that he wishes Mommy was here. I, I fucking laugh every time he says that. It just sounds so ridiculous. But she's busy traveling the world promoting WrestleMania. Edge told him to shut up. He said the Balor has been running around like a dollar store version of Jamiroquai. It's virtual insanity. 
By the way, that was a song that came out before Edge even debuted in WWE. When uh, when that song came out by Jamiroquai, Scoop This was probably online. <laughs> That's how far back that reference goes. And then Edge looked out at the crowd and said, Google it, kids. You know, I'm old enough to remember Jamiroquai. Takes me back to the days when MTV actually had music videos. They were usually sandwiched in between Beavis and Butthead and singled out, which was a uh, popular show of mine. I used to like singled out. Well, really, I used to like Jenny McCarthy. And then they replaced Jenny McCarthy with Carmen Electra. And then after Carmen Electra, I don't know what happened. I don't know. if I, I can't remember if they ended the show or if they had some other woman in there. I don't remember. But I hung on. I hung on for a while. Beth Phoenix said that she came here tonight to beat Rhea Ripley's ass. And since she's not here, how about this? Tonight, Edge and Beth Phoenix at Elimination Chamber. Not tonight, but at Elimination Chamber. Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. And Dominic said that Mommy is in. So he accepted on her behalf. And Balor said that uh, he agreed. uh, Provided the two of them make it to Elimination Chamber. And at that point, the Judgment Day surrounded the ring. Uh, They got inside. Edge tried to fight them off, but he was overwhelmed by the numbers until Angelo Dawkins ran down to the ring and started fighting with Damian Priest. Montez Ford snuck up behind Dominic and threw him into the ring. Beth Phoenix grabbed him and got got him up for the Glam Slam. And uh, that was the end of the opening segment. Uh, nice save there by Priest. That he got a little, got a little flummoxed, but I thought he saved himself nicely. He, he got his, he got his pay-per-views mixed up. It happens. He got his gimmick pay-per-views mixed up. And Dominic is still a heat magnet every time he opens his mouth. Yeah, not, not, uh, Vicky Guerrero level heat when she had like magma level nuclear heat when she was kind of at her peak of awfulness. Uh, but he's a heat magnet. And uh, I'm still entertained whenever he's on TV. So what they did here was they set up the predictable match for Elimination Chamber. They set up Edge and Beth Phoenix against Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Damian Priest is going to qualify. I was sure coming into tonight he was going to qualify for the Chamber. Uh, if, if I was surprised by anything, it was the fact that it was a tag team match they set up and not a, a six-man tag. Just the way they went off the air last week. Uh, it looked like maybe Cody would be involved. It would give Cody something to do between now and WrestleMania. And maybe they would do Cody, Edge, and Beth uh, against Balor, Dominic, and Rhea. So the only surprise is that they're going the tag team route and not the six-person route. But otherwise, this was the predictable setup for the logical match to do. You know, to give them something to do at the next pay-per-view. When they came back from break, Damian Priest... One-on-one with Angelo Dawkins in a money... There I go now. (laughs) Now Damian Priest is rubbing off on me. In an Elimination Chamber qualifying match, it was already in progress. This match was joined in progress. I thought they had a good competitive match. Uh, Dawkins, you know, he's got good fire to him. And again, I think that when he got swept up in all that talk, was it last year or the year before... Uh, I think he was on the After the Bell podcast, the, the Corey Graves podcast. And he talked about how upset it made him to hear all these people talking about how great Angelo Dawkins or how great uh, uh, Montez Ford is going to be. He's going to be a great single star. He's carrying dead weight, Angelo Dawkins. 
Montez Ford is a future world champion. And he said it bothered him. How does it not? You know, he made him so angry one day, he just kind of left the house to go, you know, running or jogging outside because it's almost like, what about me? I'm chopped liver over here. Ever since then, he seems to just have a fire just lit under his ass. Like every time he goes out there, he's out to prove something to somebody. And he's been very impressive. Now, my mind hasn't changed about who the real star of the team will end up being. I think both of them could have single success, but Angelo Dawkins is not going to have single success. The likes that Montez Ford has the potential to be a single star. It's just not going to happen. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. It even hit me tonight. Not that he's the only one to wear basketball shorts. I mean, Kevin Owens wears fucking basketball shorts. But just even tonight, you know, him being out there when he ran out there wearing the basketball shorts and then looking at Montez Ford wearing the long tights later in the night who looked like more of a star. Montez Ford. You know, and that's okay. But every time I see him now in the ring, he's just, he's a house of fire and he's doing a good job of getting the crowd into his matches. And so good for him. You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder and he feels like he has to go out there and prove something. But tonight was not his night. (laughs) I was not anticipating that he was going into the elimination chamber. I think most people watching this probably figured he was not winning this match. Uh, But I thought for the time it lasted, it was a competitive match. Dawkins thought he had it after a swanton bomb off the top. And uh, he was banging the mat in frustration after Priest uh, kicked out. Priest finally caught him with the South of Heaven chokeslam and pinned him to punch his ticket to the Elimination Chamber, the United States Championship Elimination Chamber match. And uh, again, you knew that one member of the Street Profits was going to the Chamber, and that member was not going to be Angelo Dawkins. Adam Pierce was backstage with Maxine Dupree. And the Maximum Male Models signing the contract to bring them over from SmackDown to Monday Night Raw. She said that she has big plans for them. Now, PW Insider earlier today had a report mentioning the fact that uh, five SmackDown talents have been shuttered over to the Monday Night Raw brand. That's all three members of the Maximum Male Models and Los Lotharios who we did not see on the show tonight, but they also have been moved officially to the Monday Night Raw brand. So uh, they will join the Maximum Male Mid-Carters now on Monday nights. Chelsea Green interrupted the segment, so off went the the male models. And she wanted again to talk to Adam Pearce. And she, she again asked Adam Pearce if he's the manager. He said, we've been over this. Remember we talked last week? Like, you know who I am. She complained about the type of chocolate that was uh, supplied in her dressing room. It was Belgian and not Swiss. But she really wanted to talk to him about not being in the women's elimination chamber match. She feels that she deserves a spot in the chamber. And he pointed out to her that you, you lost in the Royal Rumble in five seconds. She said, no, 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 she deserves a spot. Well, she also mentioned that she had her entire family there tonight. Now I was wondering, you know, do you think that they sprung for good tickets for uh, Matt Cardona? Or did they stick him up in the nosebleeds somewhere? I could picture him sitting in like the upper deck, like the best seat he could get. But she said she had her whole family there tonight, and uh, she deserves to be presented like a big star. Or one call to his manager could cost him his job. 
They spent the next five minutes replaying that great bloodline angle from the end of SmackDown on Friday night with Sami Zayn jumping Roman Reigns and challenging him to a championship match at the Elimination Chamber. Dexter Loomis with Johnny Gargano in his corner against Boren Corbin with JBL in his. Corbin took a cheap shot at Loomis before the bell. He went on offense with a long chin lock a minute uh, into this match here. Always great to have a good old-fashioned chin lock here in these matches. Very exciting. Very exciting. And by the way, we went from that uh, one chin lock to another rest hold. So this was just riveting stuff. Corbin missed a corner splash and hit Loomis, or uh, Loomis rather, hit his finish for the quick win. I mean, it was out of nowhere, but pretty easy win here, I would say, for Dexter Loomis. And they teased on commentary. They were teasing that JBL was not very happy with Baron Corbin's performance. You don't say. I mean, the man's been doing so well. I can't imagine why JBL would be so upset. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So they were already teasing a, a split between them, but we got the development later on in the show. So later on in the show, we had a backstage segment. And they're walking along, and clearly JBL looks nonplussed with his uh, protege here. And Corbin just wanted to know, all right, so where are we going to eat? You know, we're going to grab a drink. Like, what's the plan for tonight? And JBL said, there is no we. He said, and I want to fact check this. He said he headlined WrestleMania, which he did not. He said that he sold out arenas all over the world, which he did not. He said that he was must-watch television. He wasn't. He said that Corbin was channel-changing television. Well, that's that's the one true thing that he did say. And he said he doesn't give a damn about him. He cares about his Hall of Fame legacy, having lost all credibility because of him. He said uh, modern-day wrestling god. He said that what he is is a clown. And he doesn't belong near him. Corbin said that, uh, I can change. I can do better. JBL told him, you can't polish a turd I tried. Whew! That, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a burial. That was a burial. All the while, I should mention in the background, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander were seen shaking hands with MVP. So that that was going on in the background. Later on in the show, we would find out why that is. Uh, 
So we are headed to yet another reboot of the Baron Corbin character. I, I'm not sure if Baron Corbin is the Lacey Evans of WWE or if Lacey Evans is the Baron Corbin of WWE. Uh, but I would not want to be in either of those positions. I know that. Here's the problem. The problem with this is that, you know, when I talk about there being a potential reboot again for Corbin, this reboot was not much of one. This was not much of a reboot from the character that he was playing before. Explain to me what the real difference was between Happy Corbin and this version of Baron Corbin. He still had the shitty music, right? Visually, I guess he wasn't wearing, his clothing maybe slightly changed, but he's still walking around with money. This, this wasn't a different character. All they did was stick a cowboy in his corner. They took somebody who was a much bigger star than he was, and they put him in his corner as his mouthpiece, hoping and figuring that whatever aura JBL has left, and I'm not sure how much he does have left, uh, that it would somehow magically rub off on Baron Corbin. Spoiler, it didn't. He was basically playing the same stupid character that he was playing on SmackDown. Only instead of one clown, they replaced the one clown with another clown. Instead of Madcap, they had JBL. So, of course, it, uh, it didn't work. That version of Baron Corbin sucked. This version of Baron Corbin sucks. At what point do we just kind of sit here and accept the fact that maybe it's just that Baron Corbin sucks? I don't know. You can dress him up any way you want to. Uh, at the end of the day, you put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig, right? You put lipstick on the pig. You put a nice little beanie hat on the pig. You could put that pig in a fucking tuxedo, right? It doesn't matter. Oink, oink. It's still a pig. And that's the situation that we have here with Baron Corbin. There's a lot of truth to what JBL said here. The most entertaining that Baron Corbin has ever been. And, and you know, he had some success when he was the lone wolf character, you know, going back to the NXT days. But the most success that Baron Corbin had on the main roster, or the most entertaining he was, was when he was broke. Right? Bum-ass Baron Corbin. I enjoyed that version of Baron Corbin. Even if they were to go back to that character, it has a shelf life, right? It's not meant to be a long-term thing. And they've already gotten a lot of mileage out of it. So yeah, they could go back to it. Somehow he falls on tough times, right? Maybe he took JBL's words to heart. He took it a little too personally. He went, he gambled all of his money away, and he's back to being broke. They could do that. But that doesn't solve the Baron Corbin problem. You're just going back to something you already did. And again, it has a short shelf life. So then what the hell do you do with Baron Corbin? Somebody emailed me last week. They emailed a question into the show. And they asked me uh, where Cameron Grimes was. Because they had heard the same rumors from months ago that, you know, he had wrapped up in NXT and he was about to be called up. And then nothing ever happened, right? And then there were rumors that maybe he was going to be Uncle Howdy or he was going to be involved with Bray Wyatt in some way. And he's not Uncle Howdy. Uh, Bo Dallas is Uncle Howdy. Uh, but I was thinking about that email after this segment tonight. And what I think they should do, because at this point, what the fuck do they have to lose? Get Cameron Grimes involved in this. I think there's a place for Cameron Grimes to be involved in this and not only be involved in this, but he could be the best thing that ever happened to Baron Corbin. 
Now, whether it's JBL bringing in Grimes as his new understudy, right, to show Baron Corbin how it's done, that might be the way to go. Uh, or maybe just Corbin and, and Grimes link up somehow. Corbin's down on his luck. Grimes shows up, right? He's the new guy, and he's going to try to help Baron Corbin. You can go at it any which way you want to. I, I would kind of envision him coming in as JBL's new guy. Corbin is still with them, but now Corbin has to kind of play second fiddle to Grimes. Grimes is great. If you're not familiar with Cameron Grimes from NXT, Grimes is fantastic. And that might just be the perfect way to introduce him to the main roster and try to salvage something entertaining with Baron Corbin. They may end up as a tag team. We may end up with a tag team, the the unlikely team of Corbin and Grimes. Sounds like a law firm. A law firm of Corbin and Grimes. But that could work. That could potentially work. So that's what I would do. I would get him involved in this, and then maybe they can salvage something. Because otherwise... I don't know what else you do with Baron Corbin. He's fucking boring. As soon as his music hits, like there have been certain people over the years, the first chord of their music will play, and my first instinct is to groan. People used to joke all the time about the big boss man when he, when he had that second stint, and he came back in like 99, 2000. The first chord of his music would hit. It wasn't booze that you heard from the crowd. It was people going, oh, God. You know, like... <laughs> It just, certain people, it just, like, you don't really want to see them. Unfortunately, with the boss man, it kind of got that way at the end there for him. But I don't know what else you do with Baron Corbin. Other than just move on. Call up Cameron Grimes. Get him involved here. Grimes is great. Becky Lynch was in the back, being interviewed by Byron Saxton. Ten years ago, she said she first met Bailey in the weight room at the Performance Center. And she seemed kind, and she wanted to be great, but Becky also wanted to be great. And she would eventually go on to become the man in this industry. She said Bailey didn't like that, so she attacked her with chairs, and she separated Becky's shoulder. And then she brought her family into things. And she said that there's one hand she has not played yet, and she is thinking that tonight just might be the night. We would find out what that hand is in the main event. They replayed the Triple H Braveheart skit that they did for uh, WrestleMania. The last time they were in Los Angeles when WrestleMania went Hollywood in 2005. And uh, I'm going to be very disappointed if this is all that we get. If this is all we're getting for this year's WrestleMania is recycled skits from the last WrestleMania in LA. I'm going to be very upset. You mean to tell me with the budget that this company has, they can't afford to produce brand new, fresh skits with their current talent. I I mean, there's still time. So I'm hoping they have them in the can and they're going to start rolling them out after elimination chamber. Cause if not, I think that's ridiculous. (laughs) Think about what they're doing here. They're replaying skits from almost 20 years ago. Like, just make new ones. This company has 10 times the amount of money now that they did back then. This company is about to be sold for 6 or $7 billion. You can't produce new skits for WrestleMania this year? You're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to watch Undertaker's Dirty Harry, Eddie Guerrero and Booker T in Pulp Fiction, Kurt Angle and Christy Hemme banging on the table and Harry Met Sally. This is the best you can come up with? 
I watched this segment. I'm like, man, these were fucking great. Wouldn't it be nice if they made new ones? The Beast was in Orlando tonight. And uh, Brock comes down to the ring and he's slapping hands with the fans. Like Edge slapping his wife's ass. Amazing. Brock's coming down. He's all happy. He's all jolly. He's wearing his Megadeth t-shirt. Hey, maybe next week, if he's going to be back on Raw next week for a contract signing. Maybe next week Brock will show up in his Jamiroquai t-shirt. So he asked the fans if they by chance happened to catch the Royal Rumble. And uh, he said that he did also, and he thought that it sucked. I thought, you know, Brock needs a podcast. He would fit right in. He says that he got thrown out over the top rope by Bobby Lashley. And he apologized for not being on Raw last week. He said he had to get his head together a little bit. He told Bobby that uh, he finally struck a chord in Brock Lesnar. All week, he couldn't get Bobby out of his head. He tried to go hunting, but all he could think about was Bobby who? Bobby Lashley. The next day, he wanted to go ice fishing. I would love to go ice fishing with Brock Lesnar. I think that would be fun, be a little intimidating, but I feel like, see, I wouldn't want to go hunting with Brock Lesnar. I feel like that would end badly for me. But to go ice fishing with Brock Lesnar, I think, could be a, a, a fun experience. But he was uh, going to go ice fishing, and again, all he could think about was Bobby who? Bobby Lashley. He sat down for a big old steak dinner, and all he could think about was Bobby Lashley said that he crawled into bed at night with his wife, and about four or five hours later, all he could think about was Bobby Lashley. Who's the hornier one, Brock Lesnar or Edge? We should all take a, we should do a a vote, take a poll here in the chat. Who is the hornier of the two? Brock Lesnar don't need no blue chew. Four or five hours, please. Said that he uh, came up with a resolution. He came up with a violent resolution in this uh, $5 denim jacket he's wearing is a multi-million dollar contract, which he pulled out. And in this contract, it states that Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar will take place at the Elimination Chamber. Now, Bobby Lashley, if you've got a set of balls on you, you'll get your ass down here and you will sign this contract and ask and you shall receive. Bobby Lashley's music played, and out he came in his nice dress shirt and his vest. Lashley got in the ring. He said it was nice for Brock to grace us with his presence. He wanted to take a walk down memory lane first. He said he and Brock had a match, match number one, at the Royal Rumble last year. And he said, what happened? He pinned him. Match number two, Brock won. But if memory serves, he laid his ass unconscious after he left the ring. So the third meeting that they had was at the Royal Rumble, and he threw his ass out over the top rope, no problem. Brock handed him the contract. Bobby said things are going to be done on his terms now. He said that he's going to let his agent, his manager, and his lawyer look the contract over, and then he'll get back to Brock. And he asked Brock if he was surprised that Bobby Who has one up on you. What you gonna do when Bobby Who gets one up on you, dude? Hulk Hogan is doing uh, karaoke, by the way, at his Hogan Beat Shop tonight. I saw that he posted a video promo 
on his uh, social media with his son, uh, Nick. And Hogan had the classic Winged Eagle championship. I guess uh, they're going to give away a Winged Eagle belt to a, uh, the male winner of the karaoke contest. And they had a spray-painted NWO WCW belt that was going to be awarded to the female winner. And uh, Hogan, contrary to what Kurt Angle was talking about, is not paralyzed. from the. Uh, somehow the Kurt Angle thing got spun into... Hulk Hogan is paralyzed from the waist down. Even though we literally saw Hulk Hogan walk out on stage at Raw 30. Somehow this turned into him being paralyzed from the waist down. It's amazing how things end up being twisted on the uh, on the interweb. It's a miracle Hulk Hogan can walk again. So anyway, Bobby Lashley, after he did his little uh, Dr. Seuss act over here. He went to go leave. Actually, first he stuck his finger in Brock's face. He kind of booped him on the nose. And he went to go leave. Brock grabbed him, gave him an F5. He went to go leave, and the fans chanted one more time. And so Brock put his hat back down, and he picked him up and gave him a second F5, because Brock, if nothing else, is a man of the people. So they are doing it at Elimination Chamber. We're going to get Brock Lesnar. It's not official yet, because Bobby has to let his lawyer look it over. But uh, let's assume that his lawyer says it's all good. They're going to be doing the rematch at Elimination Chamber, which does not mean that they cannot run it back one final time at WrestleMania. I just don't see how you get there unless you do some sort of Montreal screw job for the finish to get, <clears throat> get the fans to want to see a fourth singles match between these two guys. And I'm not sure what that would be. Uh, it could very well have uh, have to do with the Hurt Business, you know, getting back together and they get involved and help Bobby win the match. And then maybe that could get us to a fourth match with some sort of stipulation. So it's still possible, even though they're doing it at the Chamber, that we could get Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. It worries me, though. It worries me that they're doing it now because what they want to do at WrestleMania is Brock Lesnar and Gunther. Now, I don't want to sit here and tell you that, you know, I have I don't want to see Brock Lesnar and Gunther. Or, no, I think that would be a fun match to, to watch. I don't think it's going to end well for Gunther when that match happens. And, you know, there have been a lot of these Brock Lesnar first-time matches that we've seen. Some of them go well, some of them don't go so well. Some of them, I think of the matches he had with AJ Styles and Brian Danielson. Those matches were excellent. Uh, other matches were... Far from excellent. And the common denominator seems to be that when he's in there with a man smaller than him, he tends to have excellent matches. When he's in there with somebody that's about his size or bigger than him, he does not. Now, he and Goldberg had a fun match at WrestleMania 33, uh, but there have been some ups and downs with, with Brock Lesnar. But that's not even the issue. That's not even the issue. My fear is that at WrestleMania, they're doing this now because they want to do Brock Lesnar and Gunther. And it should not be Gunther and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. WrestleMania should be Gunther and Sheamus. And if you want to throw Drew McIntyre in there, you make it a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. That should be the WrestleMania match. You can always come back to Brock and Gunther later on. SummerSlam. WrestleMania next year. It does not have to be this year. Me, personally, that's the match I want to see. I don't want to see that interrupted because, well, let's let's just do this first-time-ever match, and then Brock and Gunther go in there, and three and a half minutes later with one F5, it's all over. That would suck. I don't want to see that happen. 
So I would rather they put that match off for another time. And uh, I'm hoping that that is the case. But next Monday, they're going to be doing the contract signing. So Raw is in Brooklyn next Monday. It will be Lesnar and Lashley. Presuming that Lashley accepts the challenge, they'll have their contract signing. Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis in the back approach Candice LeRae, uh, who was preparing for her fatal four-way qualifying match later on. Loomis presented her with a drawing of herself and Gargano and their dogs. And she was all happy to see the photo, and then she noticed in the corner of the photo, uh, she noticed that there was a strange woman drawn, and she asked who that was. And then she realized, wait, Nikki? Is that Nikki? And then she looked, and Nikki Cross was off in the distance kind of stalking them. And then when she was noticed, Nikki laughed, she cackled, and she ran away. Okay. Carmella was out next for her first match in seven years, seven years, seven, seven months. Boy, it was a, it was a long layoff for Carmella. Yes. For the first time in seven years, Carmella, she looks good. Is back on Monday night raw. I'm sick. So don't hold it against me. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to do this stream tonight, but I'm hanging on by a thread, but I'm okay. My brain my brain may be mush, but uh, we're, we're, we're doing okay here. So she was competing for the final spot in the Women's Elimination Chamber match. It was Carmella, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, and Piper Niven. Uh, early in the match, there was a, a cool spot where three of the four women were sitting, <laughs> were sitting on the mat, and Piper Niven came in with just a running uh, body block. And just wiped them all out. Candace hit Niven with a missile drop kick and then followed up with a lion salt. Mia Yim, though, broke up the pin. Niven came back with a black hole slam on Mia and would have won the match, but Candace broke up the fall. For the finish, Carmella super kicked Piper and then covered Candace and got the win. So Carmella gets the final spot. Natty got the spot on Friday because they're going to be in Canada. So, of course, Natty's going to be in the match. And Carmella gets the final spot to round out the participants in the women's chamber match. Uh, I was hoping that Piper Niven would get the spot, but it doesn't matter. Because neither one of them are going to win. Asuka is going to win. Asuka should win that chamber match. And Asuka should be the one going to WrestleMania challenging Bianca anyway. So, it doesn't matter. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We had Otis and Chad Gable against Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And look at who they had in their corner. MVP. MVP is officially now back with 
Cedric and Shelton, they reached some sort of agreement, right? We saw them in the back shaking hands earlier. Uh, There was a very impressive spot early on where Cedric went for a neuralizer. Chad Gable, though, caught him and in one fluid motion hit a German suplex because Chad Gable is fucking great. Otis tagged in, gave Benjamin the world's strongest slam. Otis worked over Shelton for a little bit before Cedric tagged in, ran wild on Gable. But when he went for a dive, Gable caught him and suplexed him on the floor, and the crowd gasped uh, at that spot. Gable followed with a diving headbutt. Benjamin, though, broke up the cover. Shelton hit Otis with a pretty impressive Samoan drop to, to get the big guy up like that, so he dropped him. Alexander then dodged Gable's moonsault attempt. And hit the lumbar check, which is always a fucking great-looking fit. I love that move. So uh, he hit him with the lumbar check and got the win. A much-needed win for the Hurt Business. If the Hurt Business is back together now, right? We know MVP is back with them. I have a feeling at Elimination Chamber, if not sooner, Bobby Lashley will join that crew, and we'll have Lashley back together. The whole gang will be back together, maybe with Omos. Uh, but if the Hurt Business is going to be back together, they need to start racking up some wins. So this was an important win for them. I, I hate to see, you know, Gable keep losing, but again, this was a win that Benjamin and Alexander needed more than Alpha Academy did. They replayed the match last week. I say they replayed the match because the match was like a minute. Uh, so they replayed most of the match with Rick Boogs. Rick Boogs is back. Beat The Miz last week. Back live, Miz told Kathy Kelly that he was going to be talking to Adam Pierce. He was waiting outside Adam Pierce's office. He was waiting to talk to him about the fact that his uh, suit, the suit that his wife bought him, was ruined last week because he had to wrestle Rick Boogs on short notice and didn't have time to change into his gear. So he was very upset about that. And Boogs then walked out of Pierce's office, and Miz wanted to know uh, how he got an appointment before he did. And he said that Boogs was just lucky that Pierce was a lazy, incompetent official. Miz did not realize that Adam Pierce had stuck his head out. He had heard everything that the Miz just said. And Pierce said that if Miz wanted a rematch, all he had to do was ask, and he made it official for next week. So next Monday night, it will be the Miz one on one with Rick Boogs. Chelsea Green then showed up. She interrupted the segment and told Adam Pierce that she was headed to the ring and he had better find her an opponent. Or she said that she will talk to his manager. And she's doing this thing now at the end of her promos where she says, K thanks, bye. K thanks, bye. It looks like that's going to be her thing. The Chelsea came out for her match. And she was waiting to find out who her opponent was going to be, and it turned out to be Asuka. Chelsea had total control in the opening moments of this match over Asuka. She overwhelmed Asuka. She dropped Asuka with a flatliner. This is not the way to book the murder clown. All the other women in the women's elimination chamber match were suddenly around ringside. They were there to scout Asuka. Raquel Rodriguez was out there, Liv Morgan was out there, Nikki Cross was out there, even Carmella made her way back down to the ring, Natalia was out there, Asuka had to lay there, after that flatliner, they had Chelsea Green kind of look and and go around woman by woman to talk shit to each woman in the chamber match, 
So Asuka had to lay there for a ridiculous amount of time selling, which again is ridiculous. Eventually, though, Asuka got to her feet. Chelsea turned around. Asuka beat her up and uh, put an arm bar on until Chelsea submitted, and that was the end of that. Bianca Belair walked out with her Raw women's title, and she told all the women in the chamber to look at each other and tell her what they see. She says what she sees are six top-tier women in WWE, but who has what it takes to go one-on-one with the EST of WWE? I, I, I cringe now. When, when I hear her say that in these promos, uh, I feel like this is going to turn her heel. She's been doing it for so long now, and I just feel like we're, we're, we're almost at the year mark of her being the Raw Women's Champion. And I've said this before, I think a heel turn is in her future, coming out of WrestleMania. Whenever I hear her use that line, I'm the EST of WWE, now, now it's starting just, I don't know, it's starting to get a little cringeworthy for me. She says because last year she was in their position, she knows what it's like to be in the chamber match, and she knows what it takes to win. That's how she got the title on her shoulder. So she wants to wish each one of them good luck because whoever makes it out, she will be ready to see them at WrestleMania. And as I look at the field for the women's chamber match, uh, as far as what the best options are, as I said, I think Asuka should be the person to go to the to the uh, WrestleMania match to challenge Bianca. Uh, but really, Asuka and Raquel. Asuka and Raquel would be the two best options here Asuka, because she's she's great, and I think if they were to kind of book her with this new attitude, which they have not done, okay, this, this version of Asuka should not be going in there and letting Chelsea Green get offense on her and then laying there for 45 seconds selling a fucking move. I mean, that's just ridiculous. So basically, it's just Asuka with some new face paint, right? It's the same Asuka, but with different face paint then what's the point? If she doesn't have a harder edge to her, if there's not something different about the way she works or uh, her character in some way, then what's the point? You know, it's a fresh coat of paint, I guess, as far as the new mask and the new makeup, but who cares? There should be a new attitude. She shouldn't be beaten up by Chelsea Green, who's been booked like a joke so far. That's her gimmick. And by the way, I think that's a gr- that could be a great role for Chelsea Green. I'm kind of digging the new character so far. It's not exactly the hot mess from Impact, which was also a great character for her. Uh, but I actually think this could work. Uh, this could work well for her. It's early yet, but for her, this might be a good fit. But I mentioned Raquel. Raquel could be a good option too. I thought Raquel would be a good option for Charlotte Flair before they made the choice of doing Charlotte and Rhea, because then you give. Raquel the rub by working with one of their bigger stars if they have big plans for Raquel right you get her in there with with Charlotte maybe they do the reverse and they have Raquel working with Bianca but to me that's not as marquee of a women's title match as Bianca and Asuka would be so Asuka should win the chamber you know what's not fair I'll tell you what's not fair the fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows and movies from you based on your location, and then has the nerve to raise their prices on you. Yes, they've just raised their prices once again. Now, you could always cancel your subscription and protest, but Netflix has a lot of great content. So instead, you could be smart about it and make sure that you're getting your full money's worth by using ExpressVPN like I do. 
You know, you may not be aware of the fact that what's on Netflix in your country is different from what somebody in, let's say, the UK or Japan has on theirs. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think I'm in. ExpressVPN has over 90 countries to choose from, so every time I run out of stuff to watch, I just switch to another country to unlock new shows. I just watched a movie called Jolt that sounded interesting to me. It's about a bouncer who lets all of her rage out after her lover is murdered. You can't find it on U.S. Netflix. But with one tap of a button, ExpressVPN sent me to Germany, where I was able to watch it, and I never had to leave my house. And here's the best part. It's not just for Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows and movies on other streaming services, too. It's also super fast, and it works on your phone, laptop, and smart TV, so you can watch on the big screen with no buffering. So stop paying full price for streaming services only to get a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash solomonster. And don't forget to use my link so you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash solomonster. Expressvpn.com slash solomonster. Cody Rhodes was out at the top of the 10 p.m. hour for a promo. Uh, They have ditched the old Cody countdown which is probably for the better. Of, of all the things that they could be doing right now, probably uh, might start getting him some uh, some booze for that. But he got in the ring, and I talked about Cody Rhodes on the podcast a lot on Sunday. A lot of people, I had people today in some of the comments on some of the YouTube clips telling me, or, or on Twitter, you know, telling me that, oh, you know, the fans were already, you know, Cody, Cody's already sabotaged. Cody's already sabotaged. What, what television show are you watching? I told you what WWE could do if they really wanted to sabotage Cody Rhodes. You stick Cody Rhodes in the same ring with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. There, you've sabotaged Cody Rhodes. If you give them the option of Sami in the WrestleMania main event, they will gravitate towards Sami Zayn. You want to sabotage Cody? Go By all means, go ahead and book a triple threat match. Otherwise, that is the stupidest fucking idea you could possibly do. But no, Cody Rhodes is not sabotaged. It's almost like the fans want it to happen. They're talking about it in, in, in a way where they just want to manufacture it and make it a reality. Cody Rhodes is not sabotaged. And this segment tonight is proof that he is not yet sabotaged. He asked the fans, what do you want to talk about? And they chanted Sammy. And, but they knew that was coming, right? This was designed that way. And he said, you read my mind. And he said that the champion is putting his titles on the line at the Elimination Chamber in this man's hometown. That man is Sami Zayn. And the people chanted, Sami, Sami, right? They chanted for Sami Zayn. He said, well, it looks more and more like a WrestleMania. It'll be me standing in the ring opposite from Sami Zayn. And then he says this with the utmost of respect. He wishes him the best of luck. He says, may the best man win. And the fans cheered. And folks, that is how you handle that. That is a takeoff of exactly what I talked about yesterday on the podcast. Again, I had an idea that was a little bit different, or I would have had them in the same segment on television together, either in the ring or in a backstage segment. But you have Cody Rhodes, a 
effectively go out there and endorse Sami Zayn and endorse the idea of wrestling Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. You know that Cody is rooting for this man like everybody else is rooting for him. I like him too. I want to see him beat the Tribal Chief, and I look forward to wrestling Sami Zayn in L.A. at WrestleMania. Good luck. My whole thing was if he was doing a segment with Sammy, he could look at Sammy in the great parting line. Is it just so you know, if you don't get the job done, I will. But this is more or less what, what I just talked about. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Curry favor with the fans by making it clear that you respect Sammy, you like Sammy, you want Sammy to win, and you look forward to wrestling. And he said that, and what happened? Everybody cheered. He put over Sammy Zayn, and everybody cheered. Nobody booed Cody. Right? Nobody booed Cody. In fact, he got chance of you deserve it later on in this segment. You deserve it. People still trying to tell me that Cody Rhodes is sabotage. He's damaged goods. The fans are never going to get behind him. What product are they watching? Are you watching the same show that I'm watching? It's like they're watching some bizarro version of Monday Night Raw. Suddenly, we heard the voice of the wise man. And out waddling to the ring comes Paul Heyman. Introduces himself. Got a nice little pop for himself. He came into the ring. He asked Cody permission if it was okay for him to get into the ring. And Cody said, of course. And he told Cody that what he may one day find out in his life, hopefully not at his expense, is that life at the top in this industry requires an understanding that the only week busier than the week leading into a major event like the Royal Rumble or a major event like a WrestleMania is the week coming out of a major event like the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. And he is sure that he knows that he and Roman Reigns have had a lot on their plates this past... I'm not going to make a joke. They've had a lot on their plates uh, in the past week. Says, a few things, though, fell through the cracks. One of which is him and the Tribal Chief wanting to congratulate Cody Rhodes on his win in the 2023 Royal Rumble match. And he shook hands with Cody. Cody shook his hand, right? Paying respect to to Paul Heyman here. And the fans chanted Cody's name. Now, that can't be possible because people told me that would never happen. So I, I turned the volume up on my television. Maybe I thought I was mishearing. I thought maybe they were chanting, uh, you know, boo earns, boo earns. No, they were chanting Cody. Then they started that you deserve a chant that I mentioned. Cody said that he knows that his father and his brother had a nickname for Paul. But if you'll indulge me, I'm going to call you Mr. Heyman. Because he had an unparalleled respect for him. And Cody said, I think I know why. He said that he wanted to tell a story. The year was 2000. In the year 2000. Remember Conan O'Brien? He said it was hard times for the Rhodes family. Says they went broke. They had 100 bucks in a Wachovia checking account for all of them. And he said that his dad was doing a local car commercial. Not for the money, but just so that he could keep his car. But then he got a phone call one day, and the phone call that he got was from Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman told him that ECW was in town, and he said that uh, Steve Carino, 
who now works for the WWE Performance Center, said that uh, Steve Carino was going to talk a little bit of smack about him, and if Dusty would agree to be on ECW, he would pay him, and he would pay him very well. And Cody said that Paul Heyman kept his word. He paid his father, and he paid his father very well. In addition to the money that they sorely needed, ECW gave his father his confidence back, and he can never repay him for that, and he thanked Paul Heyman. He was genuinely thankful to Paul Heyman for that. Then Cody said before he was here, he was somewhere else, and Paul Heyman showed him the way, and he thanked him again. Heyman, at this point, was wiping tears from his eyes, because you can see Heyman's eyes all were all red, and they welled, and there was no RBD this time around. So his eyes were all red, and he was kind of wiping tears from his face. And I was amazed because we had Cody Rhodes in the ring, and he wasn't the one crying, which is incredible. Heyman said that, uh, you got me. You got me. You caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting that. Heyman said that if we're going to shoot from the hip, let's go all the way back. Because this isn't about me. And with all due respect, this isn't about your dad. He said, this is about you. And all that you fought for, all the way up to winning the Royal Rumble and punching your ticket to go to the main event of WrestleMania. Go to the main event of WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. And winning WrestleMania is a whole different story. He said, just getting there is a long road. He said, that's your story. That's the story that you need to finish. He said, you're not just main eventing WrestleMania. You're trying to take away from the greatest champion of all time in Roman Reigns. And that's no easy task, especially for someone who's never been in that spotlight. And then he's going through all the possible scenarios here, you know. Will you wilt under the pressure? Will you self-destruct under the bright lights of being in the main event at WrestleMania? Cody's never been in a position like this before. Right? Cody's been in main events in AEW, but that does not compare to being in the main event of WrestleMania, which is going to end up being the, you know, financially, probably the biggest wrestling event of all time, right? I think they've already set gate records for the show and, and sponsorship records for the show. The show's still two months away. This is going to be a big fucking show. And Cody is going to be in the main event of night two. Right? So that's a valid point to bring up. How will Cody respond? How will he, re- he react being in this type of, of spotlight for the first time? He says, because nobody ever prepped you for that. He says, you know, right down the road is the WWE Performance Center. And at that PC, your father, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped the biggest stars of this generation. Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Kevin Owens, and the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. He says, you know who your father did not train and prep? You. And he says, as a father myself, I could counsel you that maybe your father wanted you to make it on your own. Maybe he wanted you to step out of his shadow and didn't want you to go down uh, the road in life as just dusty sun. He says, God, Cody, I can't convey in words how much I loved your father. And I can tell you straight to your face, man, did your father love you. Then Haman said, he went for the big clothes. And Heyman said, in my last conversation with your dad, he told me that you, Cody, were his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son that he always wanted. Oh, love it. 
Love that little dig, that, that fucking burn right there at the end of that promo. That was the money shot right there that he just laid on Cody. And with that, Heyman literally did a mic drop. He dropped the microphone. And Cody's eyes were bugging out of his head. And he walked up to Heyman like he was about to hit him, but he stopped short. Heyman said that, I'm just giving you a message. I'm just, I'm just delivering a message here. Cody grabbed Heyman's hand, and he squeezed it. And he told him, I'm just trying to win a wrestling championship. And everybody wants to make it personal. Which was kind of a funny line, because every promo that Cody does, especially when he's talking about his dad, every promo he does is personal. So I don't know what he's talking about here. But that was, that was the message he was going for. I'm just trying to win a wrestling belt. And everybody always wants to make this shit personal. He goes, you're not going to pay for it, Mr. Heyman. Your boy Roman Reigns is going to pay for it. At WrestleMania, when I take those titles personally. And that also was a great parting line there from Cody Rhodes. I thought this was outstanding television. Uh, a little heavy on the Dusty references, yes. And I would not want to continue to do that in every single promo going into WrestleMania. Uh, but it had to be. You know, Again, they went personal with this promo. They were weaving reality into this. They went personal with this. Uh, and it was rooted in reality. Dusty is a very important part of this story. It was a story that Cody first told on television almost a year ago, right after he came back to the company. The whole story is rooted in Cody trying to win the championship that his father had taken away from him in Madison Square Garden back in the 1970s, right? That's how this story got started in the first place. That's the story he told on Raw the night after WrestleMania. So, they can go a little overboard with the Dusty stuff, and I, I do agree that this story shouldn't just be about Dusty. It should be Cody's story, but you can't tell that story without talking about Dusty Rhodes. He does cast a very large shadow over this. You know, He is as much a part of this story as anything. Um, but I thought that last line from, from Heyman, that was just the dagger in the heart. And I thought Cody responded appropriately. You know, he responded with fire, stopped himself from doing something uh, bad to Heyman. <clears throat> but obviously he was very upset, <clears throat> excuse me, about what Heyman said. Uh, and then he kind of came back with a with a one-liner of his own. Uh, they have now given people a reason to want to see Cody Rhodes knock off Roman Reigns or WrestleMania. And look, you know, they're not going to win everybody over. You're going to have a lot of people who still feel like this is forced, this is too soon, it should be Sami Zayn's story. But it's not Sami Zayn's story at WrestleMania, right? Yes, in a perfect world, this all would have built to a big WrestleMania main event moment for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn will get his moment in the ring with Roman Reigns in Montreal, and it's going to be great. It's not going to win, but it's going to be great. But we have to look at things as they are, right? Cody Rhodes already run the, won the Royal Rumble. He's in the main event of WrestleMania. You are not putting Sami Zayn in the main event of WrestleMania with Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns unless you want to kill Cody Rhodes, right? You're not going to do that. They, they did that at WrestleMania 30, and that was fine because they turned Batista heel because they fucked up, and it didn't matter. Batista was a heel. Randy Orton was a heel. It was all built around Daniel Bryan winning the championship. Sami Zayn is not the guy who's going to be winning the championship. You don't make a triple threat match. You don't make this about Sami Zayn. This is the Cody Rhodes story. Not everybody is going to be a fan of that story, and that's okay. That's okay. You don't have to like Cody Rhodes. You, 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 can, you can believe that. This is not the right move to make. He's not ready for this spot. This is Sammy's time. Fine. That's fine. But I thought that 
everything that they would need to do to make sure that they got the crowd on Cody's side, they did to perfection here in this segment. Even before Heyman came out, the way that Cody spoke about Sami Zayn, and then once Heyman came out, they got away from Sami. Nobody was talking about or thinking about Sami Zayn at that point. right? They refocused things back on the Cody story which is what they're going to have to do coming out of Elimination Chamber when Roman Reigns now can focus on Cody. And we can get segments on TV with Roman and Cody in the ring together. That's where the focus is going to have to be. It can't be about Sami Zayn at that point. It'll be a few more weeks of this, and then they're going to have to refocus. So I thought that they handled it uh, in this segment. I thought they handled it masterfully. And, you know, Roman sending his lapdog out there to, on his behalf, to rile up Cody, I thought was uh, brilliant. You know, to take him off, take him off his game. Uh, it's really where Heyman shines. It's it's segments like this because a lot of times Heyman goes out there with Roman and he's acting all scared, and you know he'll come out there and cut the same promo. We've we've been hearing the same Paul Heyman promo now for for a decade, but when they give him something good to sink his teeth into and something a little bit different than the standard, you know, I'm here with my tribal chief, I'm here with the beast. Brock Lesnar, you know, when he when he steps out of the usual shtick and he does something like this, or even when we had the tribal council at Raw 30 a few weeks ago and Heyman was the prosecution, right? He shines in these types of situations. This is where he, he earns whatever they're paying him is not enough because this is where he shines. This is where he reminds you every now and then through all the, the kind of the sameness of his promos I see. Okay, this this is why Paul Heyman is a master on the microphone. And they trust him to be able to go out there and and deliver on that material. And uh, and I'm sure Heyman has his fingers in this too, creatively. I'm sure Heyman is very hands-on with a lot of this stuff. And I just thought that what they did here was was fantastic. And the other thing about Heyman also, him weaving in the Dusty stuff and the ECW stuff, he's been around for so long. He's worked with everybody. So, like, here it's Cody Rhodes. Oh, I have a great story I can tell about his dad, right? He's worked with all these different people. He could always weave in something personal and make and, and give it a personal uh, kind of touch. So I just thought this was great. And uh, it, it, it should put people's concerns, I think, maybe not to rest, but I would like to think that this segment and how the fans reacted to it tonight would at least give the doubters out there who think, oh, he's already sabotaged, or the fans are, are turning on him. Uh, they're not, not yet. And maybe pump the brakes a little bit before you uh, immediately cast off Cody Rhodes as a lost cause. Because again, I have no idea what these people are talking about. Uh, the way some of them are talking, you would think that Cody was already dead in the water. Clearly after tonight, based on what we saw and heard with our eyes and ears, uh, far from with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So then we got our final qualifying match for the men's elimination chamber match. It was Montez Ford one-on-one with Elias. And 
Of course, this was coming off the the great Cody, <clears throat> Cody and Heyman segment. So the fact that it was after a segment like that, coupled with the fact that it was fucking Elias out there, we had the crickets that were back out. This crowd did not give a shit through most of this match. But credit to Montez Ford, because by the time they were done here, he got the crowd back into it. Elias got Ford in a electric chair position, spun him around poorly, but spun him around and dropped him with a power bomb for a two count. Short time later, Ford hit his running dive out over the ring post onto Elias, who was on the floor, and they had the cameraman positioned perfectly. So we got that great incoming shot of uh, Ford diving out of the ring. It was a great view. Ford rolled Elias back inside, hit his top row frog splash, for the win. Austin Theory was out there doing commentary for the match. When the match was over, Theory stood up on the announce desk and he was posing with his U.S. title. Seth Rollins showed up. He tripped Theory, who fell to the floor. And Rollins then stomped Theory on the floor and he danced to his theme song. And as dead as the crowd was for most of this match, again, it was, it was Ford who won them over pretty big uh, by the end. And now he heads into the biggest singles opportunity of his career. When he got hurt last year, he had a foot injury. Angelo Dawkins got a lot of ring time as a singles. He had a lot of singles matches on TV. Montez Ford has had very, very few compared to Angelo Dawkins. This will be his biggest singles opportunity. It's a multi-man match, but he's in there as a single. He's not in there as part of a tag team. This will be his biggest singles opportunity of his life so far. Uh, And... You know, I think he'll I think he'll do well. I have faith in Montez Ford. I, I see big things in his future. As I've said before, I think he'll be in the money in the bank match this year. He's not gonna win. Uh LA Knight is my early pick to win, but I think this is going to be the year where he breaks out in a big way. I'm not saying the street profits are gonna be splitting up in the near future, uh necessarily, but uh, I definitely think this is gonna be the year where he breaks out and we see what he can do on his own. And then also, you know, there's a question now of how does Angelo Dawkins react to what we saw tonight? He lost, and his partner won. He didn't get into the chamber. Montez Ford did. Do they start teasing uh, anything on television as far as him being frustrated, him uh, showing jealousy in any way? That'll be something to watch for now on television going forward is how Angelo Dawkins reacts to this. Do they just ignore it and he's just happy for his partner or do they start to kind of plant seeds and start teasing something for down the road? The main event was Becky Lynch one-on-one against Bailey steel cage match. This was the cage match that was too big. It was too hot for raw 30. So they saved it for tonight. EO sky was outside the cage with Dakota Kai, who was on crutches with a knee brace on. That's not good. Uh, She got hurt in the Women's Royal Rumble match. We don't know what the injury is. Obviously, it's a knee injury, but we don't know the extent of it, what type of knee injury, how serious it is. It can't be that serious if she's out there performing on television, Uh, but she's out there on crutches with a knee brace on, so that's, that's not exactly a good thing. Becky was furious with her early on, yelling at Bailey, you want to talk about my family, while she was throwing Bailey into the side of the cage. Bailey got a top rope elbow drop before the final commercial break. Coming out of the break, Bailey tried to climb out. Becky, though, caught up to her. 
She got Bailey hanging over the top rope, and she delivered a top rope leg drop. Bailey came back with a leg submission, uh, but Becky was able to roll through out of it, and she sent Bailey headfirst into the middle turnbuckle. They fought back up on the ropes again, and this time Bailey got a Bailey to Belly suplex off the ropes, and she got a near fall out of it. Bailey started climbing again, and now Becky uh, begins to climb up after her. And they were both sitting now on top of the cage. And somehow, Bailey was able, or or Becky rather, was able to kind of reposition herself while sitting on top of the cage. And she got Bailey in the disarm her submission. And Bailey was screaming and, you know, wailing and shouting. And she fell back into the ring. So EO Sky sees this. Now Dakota can't climb. So EO Sky scales the cage, climbs up to where Becky is. And she knocks Becky back down into the ring. On the other side of the cage, Dakota Kai takes one of her crutches and hands it through the cage. Uh, like it was kind of in the corner. There was an opening. Uh, it's, it's not like the old blue bar cage. You can't just stick something through the big squares. But where the cage connects in the corner, there was kind of a gap. And so she fed one of her crutches through the gap to Bailey, who hit Becky with a gut shot. She grabbed the other crutch away from uh, uh, Dakota. Actually, I'm skipping ahead here. <laughs> I spoiled the I spoiled the big return. After Dakota hands Bailey the crutch, we hear Lita's theme music, and out she comes. Again, one of the most random run-ins that you will see on this show. She comes down to the ring, and she grabbed the other crutch away from Dakota Kai. She hit Io with it. Gave Eo a twist of fate on the floor. Bailey went to go leave through the door. And Lita was over by where the door was, kind of backing Dakota away. As Bailey went to go exit the cage, Lita very lightly slammed the cage door on Bailey's head. This, this was not the Freebirds slamming the door on uh, Carrie Von Erich's head or China slamming the door on Mankind's head. Which is good. I don't. I don't want her to bash the woman's brains in. But she she was very gentle with how she slammed the door on Bailey's head. Bailey stumbled backwards into a manhandle slam, and Becky Lynch got the pin. After the match was over, Lita got into the cage, and she and Becky hugged. And uh, she says she had one hand left to play, and it looked like Lita was that hand. So a totally random appearance. As I said earlier, Lita has been filming stuff for them for A&E. She's been backstage at some of the shows. She was said to be backstage at Raw 30. She wasn't used. It just so happened the cage match that night got uh, delayed. And now we know why we didn't see Lita on TV that night. They had something planned for her, and they had to push it back. And so instead, we got it tonight. Uh, The question now is, was it a one-shot? Because when this was over, and I'm watching Becky and Lita celebrating in the ring together. I was left thinking that maybe now the vision is coming together of what the match could be at WrestleMania. Because the only other option for Becky Lynch is to add her to the Raw Women's title match and make it a, a fatal four-way. If you have, let's say, Asuka wins the chamber. You have Bianca, you have Asuka, you have Becky, and you have Bailey, And you make it a fatal four-way. I'm not saying I want them to do that, but I didn't see any other real option for Becky Lynch. Now it's coming together. Now I can envision them doing a tag team match at WrestleMania. 
I can see Becky Lynch and Lita and possibly Trish Stratus on one side and all three members of Damage Control on the other. Becky, Lita, Trish against Bailey, EO, and Dakota. That, of course, all depends on the status of Dakota Kai. We don't know how serious her knee injury is. If she's not able to go by WrestleMania, then that kind of screws up the plan. Uh, but I could see that being the match. That could be a special attraction. You get Lita and Trish back, tagging with Becky against Damage Control. So I think uh, that could very well end up being the WrestleMania match. But I thought overall this was a good episode of Raw. There were some boring parts to it. Uh, you know, the Elias match up until uh, up until the end. Uh, anything with Corbin at this point is just fucking poison. I'm sorry. Let, let, let's get Cameron Grimes in there, please. Let, let's get Cameron Grimes back on TV, period, number one. And number two, uh, let's get him involved in that and see what uh, what they could do if they could turn that thing around. Because that guy can make almost anything entertaining. He had that great program with LA Knight and the Million Dollar Man on NXT. So, on the whole, I, I liked it. On the whole, I thought it was a good episode of Raw. Now, next week on Raw, Brock and Bobby are going to have their contract signing for the Chamber. We have a Raw versus SmackDown six-woman tag team match with all six women in the Elimination Chamber. It's going to be Asuka, Nikki Cross, and Carmella representing Raw, taking on Raquel, Liv Morgan, and Natalia. So, Survivor Series comes to Raw next week. Raw versus SmackDown. And we have a Miz TV segment with Seth Rollins. Here is the Monday Night Raw poll for February 6th. We've got 70, almost 71% thumbs up. Uh, just shy of 20% thumbs in the middle. And 10% thumbs down. That is with uh, almost 1,000 votes in. So head on over to uh, Twitter, at Solomonster. Uh, we start here with uh, Thomas. Thomas Colella with the $10 Super Chat. Uh, which title do you think is more useless? The digital title of Impact or the All-Atlantic Belt? Also, Joe Henry reminds me of a Bo Dallas light. He should be a heel. Do you agree? I haven't seen enough of his work recently to tell you one way or the other, to be honest with you. Uh, as far as the more useless belt, I watch more AEW than I do Impact. So I can't comment on how they're using their digital title, but just the idea of a digital title sounds terrible to me. So I will say the digital title gets my vote. I don't know what the purpose of that even is. Get rid of it. Winter's Paw. What would a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match look like? Well, you would have a giant vat of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and they would dive in and they would wrestle, kind of like the Mimosa match that Chris Jericho had in AEW. If you fall into a vat of cinnamon toast crunch and milk, you lose. Although to me, if I see if I liked cinnamon toast crunch, to me that would be a win. But uh, I have never eaten cinnamon toast crunch before, so I can't speak to how good it is or is not. Uh, crypto and poker. Rock makes a run in at Mania wearing polka dots. Keep keep waiting for that rock running. Flamethrower Fluff Salisbury. As a proud Floridian, I salute Brock for wearing the Floridian tuxedo. Is that a thing? The Floridian tuxedo? 
Jamie Dorsch with the $10 Super Chat. Steve Austin won the WWE title three times on Raw. Which order would you rank the championship matches that Austin had against Kane in 98, Undertaker in 99, Kurt Angle in 2001? I mean, the best match was against Kurt Angle. Uh, but my my personal favorites, I would go Kane in 98. I always love that. I always love that, like the end of that match. Uh, Kane in 98, Angle in 01, and Undertaker in 99. And the funny thing is, the Undertaker match in 99, uh, that was the night after King of the Ring. Uh, I think to this day is still the highest rated uh, segment. Segment, quarter hour, in Raw hit. It did like a 9.6 or something ridiculous. Like, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Those last 15 or 20 minutes, I still don't think they've, they, they've never been topped and they never will be topped. They did an insane audience for that show. Uh, William Rabb looks like Becky, Lita, and Trish against Damage Control at Elimination Chamber. Oh, there you go. See, now, it wouldn't be Elimination Chamber. I would say you do that match at WrestleMania. Because otherwise, again, what what does Becky do at Mania? Uh, Slipper House Extra Extra. Bobby has to last five hours. And also, by the way, keep in mind that if Dakota is hurt, she may not be able to go for a while. So that's why I think you saved that for WrestleMania. Uh, Slipper House Extra Extra. Bobby has to last five hours in bed with Sable to win. Good luck pitching that to Brock. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when you make that pitch. Let me know how that works out for you. Aussie of Steel. I thought tonight's Raw was decent. Cody Heyman promo was great. And I also thought the Alpha Academy Hurt Business match was a lot of fun. Yeah, it didn't last very long, but... I thought it was fun. Uh, Scarlett says, Trish in Canada, though. Well, I mean, look, you got Sammy in Canada, and I'm sure KO will make an appearance at the end. You've got Natty in Canada. You've got Edge in Canada. Is that not enough? How much Canadian do the Canadians need? Again, I think the Dakota injury, though, I don't, I don't know that she'll be ready in time. Depends how serious the injury is. EJ Slamp. I don't get the appeal of Rick Boogs. Terrible ring name, terrible gear. He's annoying. And he's awful in the ring. Fitting that he is feuding with the Miz. So BlissFan is very upset. And uh, cannot believe that he has to go to Raw next week. So BlissFan is going to be in Brooklyn next week. He's going to be at Raw. I wonder, you know, if Alexa is not on the show next week, we might see BlissFan kind of in the background. If there's like a, a scuffle with security guards, like they rush over to somebody and carry them out, that could be BlissFan. We have to keep our eyes out. Fire Panda. Omos was not on Raw tonight. Negative five-star show. I'm never watching again. There you go. Uh, Winter's Paul with the $5 Super Chat. Best Raw of the year, and it was built around the ladies. Coincidence? I think not. Also, do you see me either? Do you see either Mia or Piper as future champions? I love them both. I think Piper Niven uh, has a better chance of ending up as the champion on one of the shows. Uh, Rodimus Prime, if I could channel my inner Meltzer, the segment with Cody and Paul was five stars. The best thing on the entire show. Yes, it was. Uh, LaShawn, 
with the five dollar super chat. Over their whole careers, whose neck do you think has taken the most abuse? Ricochet, KO, or Sammy? Uh, probably Owens. James Griffin, Solomonster, have you heard about the anime Bleach? If so, would you like to see a wrestler with the personality of Sosuke Aizen? I have no idea what you're talking about. No clue. Don't use bleach. Don't drink bleach. Don't watch bleach. Haven't seen it. Uh, Rizzo. Great promo by Cody and Paul. I think you missed one potential main event for Night 1 of Mania. Logan Paul and Seth is another option. But I agree with you. It's going to be Charlotte against Rhea. Logan Paul and Seth Rollins is not going to be the main event of WrestleMania. That's a, that's an attraction, but that is not a main event match of WrestleMania. There's no championship on the line anyway. There's no there's no reason for that to be a main event. So I disagree. I think the three matches I laid out on the podcast this weekend, those are the three likely options. And in the end, it's probably going to be Charlotte and Rhea anyway, so it doesn't matter. If it's me, I go with Owens and Zayn against the Usos. Uh, Zachariah, is the Bailey Becky storyline over with, or is it going to be a tag team match, or is this just a one-time appearance from Lita? I don't know. We'll have to tune in and find out. I think it's leading to a tag match. I think a six-woman tag at WrestleMania. Sam Dankman Weed. Thought the QR code was going to be Solomonster as a DLC character in Raid Shadow Legend. Also, gifting memberships are now available on the YouTube app. Well, that is news to me. I was not aware of that. So there you go. According to Sam, you can now gift channel memberships even through the app, which uh, I know before you were not able to do. So somebody has to check that out and let me know if that's the case. Uh, Because up to now, that was a desktop thing only. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Chris Miner just left Raw and it was a fun show buy sell rent on special Wyatt matches ring of fire against Kane swamp match with Strowman and uh, pitch black match with LA Knight um wow the ring of fire I think was pretty bad pitch black match sucked swamp match really wasn't (laughs) boy you're really you're really making this tough uh I might go with the swamp match you know they went full on cinematic for that one so, you know, they... I'll go with the Swamp match, but I don't think any of them were particularly good. Uh, Nick Grosso with the 999. Very random ending to the cage match. I don't know where they go with this because Dakota and Io are rumored to be facing Ronda and Shayna for the tag titles. Maybe Becky and Bailey, last woman standing. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point. I, I've heard murmurs about Ronda and Shayna possibly going after the women's tag belts at WrestleMania, uh, which would change things as far as, you know, them doing a, like, a six-woman tag. You know, for a moment there, I thought we might actually see Ronda and uh, Shayna come out at the end of the show. Maybe that was the hand that Becky was talking about. And then that would set up a women's tag team uh, championship match. Uh, but they did not do that. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Britton Millhouse, with the two bucks. Sound off got me through some dark days. Thank you. Well, Britton, I'm happy to hear that. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing better. MLK010, $5 super chat. Oh, look at this. My boy, James Herrera, just gifted a channel membership to Melonkamp Fan 316 Now, James, did you do that in the app or did you do that on uh, PC? I'm assuming he did that on the app. So you can gift them on the app now. Uh, MLK says buy or sell... For the best justifiable heel turn, Randy Savage turning on Hogan in 89 or Bret Hart turning heel after WrestleMania 13. Uh, I think they were both justified. But the kind of all-time justifiable heel turn, yeah, I got to go with the macho. Hogan was lusting Elizabeth. Got what he deserved. Savage did nothing wrong. Zachariah, two things that had me shook. Number one, the way that Sammy yelled Roman last Friday, and number two, the way that Roman yelled, I gave you the world. Sammy, before beating him to a pulp, pure cinema. It was quite great. Uh, Jay Baker, Corbin the Clown, super chill. You know what? We may need a new one. Hey, Steve. I don't know if Steve's around. We may, we may need uh, Corbin the Clown. Let's get Corbin the Clown. We'll make him a new super chill. Uh, Richie says, and Baron Corbin is the guy that, re- yeah, he's the guy that retired Kurt Angle. How fucking sad is that? What a waste, right? What a fucking waste. Uh, Darth Panic just gifted a channel membership to Brock Benningfield. Thank you, Darth. Man, I'm dying here. Uh, Kyle Parker just wanted to thank you for an awesome podcast and was wondering if I could be Get a shout out. Well, shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. We we love Kyle here. Uh, armchair critic. How much uh, did Rock's comeback run elevate his legacy? I don't know that it elevated his legacy necessarily. He did big business. I mean, business wise, he did you know the, the biggest or one of the biggest WrestleMania buy rates of all time. So. But his legacy was already cemented before the program with Cena. Uh, Justin Glasner, what the fuck? Please try some Cinnamon Toast Crunch, my treat. I will have to one of these days. I just never did. I tried all the other cereals. I just never tried that one. Uh, EJ. Have you ever gone ice fishing or regular fishing in the summer? Some of the best memories of my family and I is fishing in the Michigan, uh, in the Michigan up. I've gone fishing. Yeah, no, I, I've, uh, 
I've gone... Th oh, here we got uh, Dream. I wanted to mention Dream, because Dream became a channel member earlier tonight before we went live. Uh, it says, hey, Solomonster, officially nine minutes ago. It just became my birthday. Long-time viewer, first time in the chat. Could I get a shout-out, please? Well, shout-out to Dream. Thank you for uh, becoming a member here on the channel. I hope you have a great birthday. Yeah, I went fishing uh, you know, a couple times, you know, with, with my dad many years ago. Uh, but it wasn't like a regular a regular thing or anything. And I didn't catch anything either. Actually, you know what I remember about that fishing trip? Um, no, we didn't go to a lake or anything like that. I mean, we were fishing, for God's sakes. I mean, if you live in New York uh, or if you live in Brooklyn, you know, if you know the Belt Parkway, okay, over in uh, Sheepshead Bay... <laughs> Like in that area, we were just fishing in the water over there. We caught nothing. And then as soon as we packed up and we were leaving, I looked down and I see fishes popping up above the water. It's like they were waiting for us to leave. I said, fishing just isn't our thing. Uh, Richie, why are you surprised that they're using old WrestleMania sketch trailers? Don't forget these people depend on old talent and not new talent. Well, that is a good point. That is a very good point. Thank you, Richie. Uh, we've got Mr. Rinko. Thanks always for the consistent content. Probably would have checked out of watching WWE if I was not subscribed to you. Uh, also thinking about investing in stocks. Is WWE a good stock to invest in right now? Well, I, I don't want to be giving away any, uh, stock advice here because I'm not really a stock guy. Uh, I know that the WWE stock is doing very well and I would imagine if they sell... It will probably go up again. But I'm not the guy to be talking to for stock advice, so don't be uh, don't be playing with your money and putting it in WWE just because I told you to. <laughs> Belt Parkway fishing is very NYC, yes it is. Uh Brumakian Productions, you're not the only one sick here. Get well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm dying here. So we're making. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I hope you feel better. I hope you feel better. Uh, Brock Benningfield, here's some money for soldiering through while sick. Brock, thank you. Brock, now you you are you are now a channel member. You were gifted a membership. Uh, Devin from NJ, Solomonster is the EST of podcasters. I feel like I should be whipping my braid around right. You can't see. I got my braid behind my head here. Uh, God of Seduction is Uncle Saudi's finisher, the diving elbow drop. 
Now his uh his finish is a little more a little more violent than that. Thomas Ron, did I just put my request in to join the group? Fingers crossed. Uh God of Seduction, Reigns will be champion until WWE is sold and then rebooted. Uh, Ritzy Hades, who's a free agent that makes a surprise entrant at Mania? Surprise entrant at Mania? There a uh, Royal Rumble at Mania that I was not aware of? You know, last year we had Cody. Uh, right now, I don't know. I don't know that there is one. At Mania? Maybe the night after Mania. Uh, it depends on who's available. I hear Kode Ibushi is a free agent. Uh, but Kode Ibushi is not going to WWE. Wano Campo, buy or sell. Just close your eyes, version 5, or burn in my light. I always like the uh, the burn in my light song. I, I know that Randy Orton hated it, but uh, I liked it. I might go with that one. And Justin Logue, uh, who do you think would make a better wrestling heel? Abraham Lincoln, John Tesh, H.P. Lovecraft, or Oliver Cromwell? Uh, oh, I think Lincoln. No doubt. Abe Lincoln. You know why? Because he had the beard. He had the heel beard. He's a tall motherfucker, too. Tall and intimidating. I go with Abe Lincoln. And uh, Del Fuego, first WWE show in five years. Besides Edge, Lesnar, Cody, and Lita, this show was a drag. And compared to AEW shows, the crowd was dead as fuck. Yeah, if there's one thing the WWE does not have on AEW, it's the weekly crowds. Uh, especially the, the role they've been on lately. These AEW crowds have been electric. Uh, it's just, it makes for a more fun feel to the shows. Uh, Richie, so we won't get that Stacey Keebler WrestleMania sketch for obvious reasons. Yeah, unfortunately, not. that was one of the better ones they did. But yeah, no, we're not we're not getting that uh, Stacey Keebler basic instinct sketch replayed on TV. And Tyler says, uh, you make my Mondays great. Tyler, thank you very much. Your Mondays and now your uh, Tuesday morning. That makes me feel good. I don't feel good right now, but that makes me feel good. Uh, Nick Grosso has some news with a uh, four ninety nine super chat. He says that according to Fightful, Lita, Trish, and Becky will face damage control at Elimination Chamber. So there it is. They are doing the match, but they're doing it at the Chamber, and they're not saving it for WrestleMania, which I guess means that Dakota is not hurt all that seriously so there you go whoever it was who sent that super chat in before about trish in canada anyway the goal tonight the minimum goal was uh 350 you guys smashed the shit out of it 510 i love it 510 likes and that means it is time to be the booker Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the Booker. 
Speaking of damage control, there she is. There's Bailey. But it is time to be the booker. We had a uh, very terrible month of January, but I'm hoping that uh, February, when we are done here, will end up being a much better month. So let's kick things off with the men. Yeah, they're going to be in Montreal for the Elimination Chamber. Let's let's uh, book our own Elimination Chamber card here. Singles match with the men. Singles match with the women. In a tag team match, we kick things off with Bruce Pritchard. It's Bruce, everybody. It is Bruce. Everybody look at Bruce. Old brother love has made his way into be the booker. Bruce Pritchard and Triple... Look at this. It's the WWE office version of Be the Booker. <laughs> Triple H and Bruce Pritchard, probably, I'm sure, sitting uh, backstage at Gorilla tonight. They can stay back there. I have no interest in seeing that in the ring. Let's move on over to the ladies. A lot of options here. Well over 165 options here in the Women's Be the Booker, and yet we keep landing on fucking Dixie Carter. Let's hope our luck changes tonight. Hey, Del Fuego, thank you, brother. He's been a channel member for 15 months. I love it. Tori Wilson. This was Tori coming out. I want to say it was the 2018 Royal Rumble, maybe. She was in one of the women's Royal Rumble matches. Tori Wilson, I still maintain, uh, the most beautiful woman that uh, I've probably ever seen on a uh, on a wrestling program. Tori, Tori Wilson was absolutely just uh, a total knockout. She's incredible. Still looks great. Tori Wilson going to go one-on-one. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Why did I say anything? I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. Tori Wilson and Dixie fucking Carter. I just don't understand it. I have 168 women in this fucking thing. I I think Be the Booker has a crush. It has a crush on Dixie. It wants a little Dixie in its life. What can I do? It's obsessed. Yeah, we have Valentine's Day coming up. It's going to buy her flowers. Well, at least I know this doesn't have Dixie. We'll do the uh, tag team be the booker. Look at this dude. Look at this duo here. Beavis and Butthead over here. Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn making their be the booker debut. We already had Triple H and Bruce Pritchard in the men's singles match. Now we have Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn as a tag team. Who will Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn be stepping into the ring with? Mulder and Scully. This may be the weirdest edition of Be the Booker that I have ever booked. Mulder and Scully from the X Files 
against Vince McMahon. You know, Kevin Dunn kind of looks like he could be from uh, something from a fucking X-Files episode. Well, I don't know. What can I say? What is, what is there to say? It's not often on my shows that I'm speechless. But what else is there to say? I had forgotten that they were even in there. <laughs> we need an X-Files show about why Dixie keeps showing up. Yeah, I think it's about time they, they kind of beam her back up to her planet, right? Get her out of there. Good Lord. Uh, GCC, GCC 305. Uh, hope you feel better, Solomonster. I'm glad to know you can now, through YouTube, we can now become a channel member. Here at work, have a good night. Yes. It is confirmed that you can now become or, or gift. You can become and or gift a channel membership through the mobile app, uh, which would seem like something that should have already been the case, but apparently uh, up until now it was not. Yes, uh, Red Emissary says that was a catastrophic be the booker. Catastrophic is a good word for it. Richie, Tori Wilson, top three greatest rivalry. I mean, the only rivalry I can even remember is Don Marie. And uh, Fire Panda, welcome to the sound off, everyone, where you come for the review and you stay to see if be the booker can get any worse. Uh, Casey is raw, one of our channel members for 12 straight months, says I'm a full year member. Casey, that is fucking awesome. I love it. I love to hear it. That's for you, Casey. Shout out to Casey with the 12-month membership. Thunder Force, he's got your beat. 17 months wants to know, would The Rock have wrestled more if he did not get hurt in the match with Cena at WrestleMania 29? Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, the the planned match for WrestleMania 30 was going to be The Rock and Brock Lesnar. It was going to be Rock and Brock in New Orleans. They were going to shoot the angle on The Raw after WrestleMania 29. Brock was going to F5 The Rock, set up the match for the following year, and imagine how different history would have been. We would have had Brock and Rock, and the streak would still be intact. Right? Maybe. At least for a little bit longer, it would have been intact. He probably would have lost it to somebody else. But uh, that was said to be the original plan. So, Del Fuego, 20th anniversary, watch along. Lesnar, Angle, WrestleMania, or Iron Man? Uh, I don't know. I have to think. I have to, I have to go through some of the uh, anniversaries coming up this year and, and put a schedule together for more of the uh, watch along. I don't know if we'll do that one, but uh, there'll, there'll be more of them coming up. I'll let you guys know. Wow, look at Uffman. Channel member for 22 months. He is a sound-off legend. Well, you're a legend regardless. It's a legendary mod. Always helping out here in the live chats. Uffman, thank you. Uh, Grant says, I wonder if we would have gotten Cena Undertaker then at WrestleMania 30. I think it's very possible. I actually think it's very possible. If they do Rock and Brock, that we end up getting Cena and Taker. And God of Seduction. Long-term plan. Speaking of uh, the Mega Powers angle, look, look at that. How's that for a super chat? Look at Paul Heyman. He's never looked better. That's God of Seduction with the two bucks. Long-term plans for Dominic. Doesn't seem like a wrestler. Dominic will be fine. Uh, I think that he he should have had a run first in NXT. But 
going heel and linking up with the Judgment Day is the best possible thing that could have happened to him. And I think learning from someone like Finn Balor is uh, an absolute positive for him as far as his uh, career is concerned. Once things are done with uh, with Ray, uh, you know, do do you? I, I would definitely not turn him back babyface. I think keeping him heel is the way to go. But as far as where he goes after that, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to take stock of the roster. You know, if they do a a, a draft, if they move people around, see where everybody is, um, see where the judgment day is at that point. And then we can start, you know, kind of booking out the next six to nine months for Dom. But uh, Dom's first coming into his own. You know, you just got to give him time to grow. He'll be fine. Uh, Richie says, did Stone Cold hate Owen Hart? You know, hate hate is a strong word. Um, he may have hated him for a while, you know, when, when he passed away, like by then. I don't know that he hated him. I just think he didn't want to work with him. He probably didn't care too much for him because he dropped him on his head and never apologized to him for it. And I know that uh, he was he was not happy about that. He was not happy at all. Hate? Did he hate the man? I, I can't say that he hated the man. I mean, you'd have to ask Austin if, if it was pure hatred. But uh, I know that he and Owen were not exactly friends after that happened. Casey is raw. Love to see the inside footage of ex-con Dom. I'm telling you, that was a missed opportunity. They should have shot vignettes, man. Him on the inside, him, him, him in his cell. You know, him getting lunch, getting the trays, and then people picking a fight with him. And there was so much comedy potential to those segments, and they never did anything with it. Uh, glorious one. Lita's theme slaps top five, in my opinion. Well, it looks like you'll be hearing more of it if she's going to be at Elimination Chamber. And Mario DeRose, do you remember the go-home edition of WrestleMania 13 uh, Raw? Why did Sean come out at the end? Oh, I remember it well. It's one of the greatest moments in Raw history. Where Bret Hart lost his shit on Vince McMahon after the cage match and started just going on a, on a cuss tirade and we had a big brawl. With Brett and Sid and Taker and Austin. Sean Sean felt left out. He felt left out. Boy, his knee looked real good though, didn't it? His knee looked to be perfectly fine. You know, for a guy who had a, a debilitating knee injury and he said it could be the end of his career. You know, it was only a month later. He looked pretty good on that knee. It was a miracle. Uh Austin said that he and Owen never reconciled before his passing. I didn't think they did. I don't know that he hated him, but he he was not fond of him, and he never really forgave him for that. Held a grudge, maybe is a better word for it. I don't know that I would say that he hated the man, though. Anyway, thank you guys uh, for choosing me for your Raw coverage here tonight. I hope that we, uh, and I think we did, I think we summed up all the key events on Raw tonight, the Cody promo, the Brock stuff, the end of the show, uh, pretty well. Uh, on what I thought was a good episode of Raw, it had its uh, boring moments, but uh, it's three hours, so you're never going to get a perfect edition of Raw. It does not exist. Such a thing does not exist anymore. But uh, what they had on the show, I thought overall was good. I will hopefully be back with you on Wednesday night for the Dynamite stream. I guess it depends on how I feel. I'm hoping this doesn't get any worse. 
So hopefully we'll be here. We'll talk AEW on Wednesday. We'll talk SmackDown on Friday. And back with you again next Monday for the Monday Night Raw stream. So thank you for all the Super Chat love, the memberships. Be well, stay safe, and I will see you back here for more Sound Off here live on YouTube very soon. Take care, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.